Can we thank Wendy uh, for being here with us? Right? <clears throat> She's not done yet. She's not done yet. She'll be here at the end. Well, this is us. <laughs> Man, this is great. 20 years in the making. There's a story there. Hey, I want to um, uh, just start by um, thanking you for welcoming Sharon and I to be here and our daughter, Natalie. Uh, the last time Natalie was in this building, she was three years old, running around barefoot. So I think she just got reacquainted with some of the stairs around here earlier. This is, this is a child, this building is a child's paradise. <laughs> As those of you with kids know. Hey, uh, just to let you know, I'm going to be <clears throat> speaking from up here. Um, as is probably self-evident right now. Self-evident. Uh, because uh, every building, <clears throat> you probably know this, is, uh, Steve, you know this, is uh, built with the intention of a line of sight. Line of sight. Where the person up here can see you, and you can see me. And that includes the balcony. <clears throat> so so I, uh, the line of sight is a straight line along which an observer has unobstructed vision. It's got a little, little double entendre playing here. Unobstructed vision. Because I do have a vision, <clears throat> and I want it to be unobstructed. I know it's yours, that um, you, by God's grace, all of us together, we're, we're gonna. This this room's be full. Everyone say full. Uh, full uh, because of what God's gonna do, and we're gonna need line of sight to be working in this building. Does that make sense? So let's just get started right now. Let's just right away get started with line of sight. Now I don't know. Um, I don't remember at least uh, when I was here. There's not a formal um, offering time in the service. Is that correct, or am I missing that? Kind of online giving, online giving. Uh, let me say a word about giving right up front. Let me just get this over with right away. <laughs> uh, uh, generosity is a trait of all Christians. Right? Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I believe God put in um, some systems in how he wants us to give. That's my personal interpretation of the scriptures. Uh, the Bible talks about a tithe. That's 10% whatever God blessed us with. Uh, other people believe in their interpretation is more what they call grace giving. Right? You know what grace giving is? You just you pray, ask God what he wants you to give, and you give accordingly. Grace giving, which is different from tithing. Uh, but here's what I learned. If you're a grace giving interpreter, that's great. So glad you're here. <clears throat> just a reminder, um, every time Jesus translated something or interpreted something, or explain something from the, from the Old Testament, he always raised the bar. He never lowered it. He never lowered it. Does that make sense? So if you're a grace giver, I'm impressed. Because you're giving more than us, uh, us Old Testament, you know, into the New Testament people probably give. God bless you if that's who you are. We'll talk more about that in the future. But I just want to encourage you um, to ask God what he wants you to do. As far as supporting the ministry here, it is important. 
Um, I, I, God always brings money and vision together, and so I'm going to trust him for that. So just pray what God wants you to do. And right now, do it online. Um, unless Is there another way that it happens? Oh, there's a box. Do you call it the happy box? We used to call it the happy box because the Lord loves what? Cheerful giver. So if you're giving reluctantly, I, I tell people, the board's not going to like this at all. I tell people, hold on to it until you can give cheerfully. Sorry, man. Sorry, Tom. Sorry about that, man. Sorry about that. Hold on to it. <laughs> Don't give reluctantly. Give with joy and cheerfully trusting that God's going um, to bless you for it. He's going to meet your needs, give you extra, so you can be a blessing to others. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about your mission statement, our mission statement right now. This should be a slide coming up. There it is. We, can we say this together? We exist to help people know Jesus, find community, discover purpose, and make a difference. It's great. Perfect. And then we got four more slides. Let's just shoot through those quickly about knowing Jesus, finding community. There it is. And then a discovering purpose and making a difference in teams, serving others. Jesus came to, uh, to serve, not to be served. To serve, not to be served. Uh, let, let, me, let me just say the, the, what's going to hold all that together. <clears throat> what's going to hold all that together. All that together is going to be great. It's all going to be great. As long as one thing happens, right? We got to get love right. Can we say those words together? Get love right. We turn to your neighbor and look him right in the eye and say, you need to get love right. If you're married, I do marriage counseling. If that just stirred something up, because the response was, yeah, yeah, you think, you know, get, get going. Got to get love right. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 13 today. And uh, as we do, I, I want to just kind of share my heart uh, with you as the, uh, wow, let me say it for the first time publicly, as the pastor at Christian Life Center. Wow. I felt good. I felt good. <laughs> I felt really good. Uh, but let me, let, me, uh, let me share my heart with you, the, the, um, the, the goal, if you want to call it the vision, you want to call it the telos, if you want to call it the, the ultimate aim, whatever language you want to use, uh, is, is here at Christian Life Center, as every church uh, should be, is to get love right. We've got to do the right thing the right way. Can we say that together? We've got to do the right thing the right way. One more time. The right thing. We've got to do it the right way. Uh, a lot of us like doing the right thing, not necessarily the right way, all right? And, and some of us, we, we won't do the right thing because we're, we have a hard time doing it the right way. So we got to do both. We got to do the right thing, and we got to do, do the right thing and do it the right way. So we got to get love right. Now, the Bible talks about they will know we are Christians by our doctrine. No. They will know we are Christians by our buildings. No, 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 no. Uh, they will know we are Christians by our music. Oh, that was really good today. It's beautiful. Beautiful. 
No, 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 no. They will know we are Christians by our our love, our love for God and our love for one another. Our love for God and our love for one another. So let's look at First uh, Corinthians 13. I know some of you you're not you're not used to looking at this unless it's a wedding. This verse can be used and should be used outside of wedding ceremonies. Outside of wedding ceremonies. Because Paul is getting to the heart of an issue with a church, the church in Corinth. And the church in Corinth was as messed up as you can possibly get as a church. I'm not sure when the last time you read Corinthians. Uh, but it was, it, was, it was as upside down as in need of exhortation, correction, good teaching, as any church could possibly be. So Paul does all this teaching, and he finally gets to the heart of the issue in chapter 13 about getting love right. This is what they were missing. They were missing getting love right. So I'm going to walk through just four, kind of broke it into four sections, each with kind of a heading here. And the first one, number one, is in the Bible, as Christ followers in the church, it's love or nothing. It's love or nothing. You can't just kind of (laughs) love. You can't mostly love. It's got to be all love or or it's nothing. And that's exactly what Paul says. Here here are the words he starts out with in, in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men, or the languages of men, or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Have you ever been to a, um, an orchestra or you went to see a um, Swan Lake or Nutcracker, and you get there early and you hear the orchestra warming up? You ever hear that? And it sounds very what? That's what we sound like <laughs> as a church, as individuals, when we don't get love right. That's what we sound like. We're not in tune. We're not in harmony. We're not in harmony. He goes on. If I have the gift of prophecy or this proclamation of the good news and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am what? You zero out. You literally, you zero out. The ledger zeroes out. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. So it's love or nothing. Now the second part here, next header, is, is love is with a, just a line. And that line is for you. Wasn't that considerate of me to think of you today? That line is for you specifically to identify an area of your life, if you have it. Uh, three of you don't know what I'm talking about. That's okay. The rest of us do. An area of your life where you need some help, some improvement in the area of loving. Okay? Love is. Love is. Now, Paul's going to explain what love is. Uh, but th- that love is blank for you specifically. So as I read this, what I'm hoping you'll do is consider, be open, 
Uh, be willing to let the Holy Spirit speak to you, speak to me about what area of your life you need a course correction in the area of love. Okay? Here's what Paul says. Love is patient. Father God, help me right there on that one right there. Love is patient. Love is kind. Now, let me just say a word here. I hear people tell me this, and maybe you have heard of this too. Every now and then people say, well, if, if, you, if, you, if you knew my heritage, you'd understand why I treat people the way I do. These are Christians talking to me, right? If you knew my background, and I'm like, is the Holy Spirit greater than your heritage? Come on, someone help me out. Is the Holy Spirit greater? Really? Your heritage is greater than the Holy Spirit? No. We, we have no excuse in these areas, no matter who we are, where we came from. Um, even if it's difficult, challenging, the Holy Spirit, if God is in us, he will lead us to live life this way. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Woo! This is like a marriage counseling 101 right here. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It is not easily angered. It is not easily angered. That seems to be the, the most challenging one for many people right there. It is not easily angered. That, that means you have a long fuse as opposed to a short fuse. Come on, let's be honest. You're, just, you're much few friends here today, man. How many short fusers do we have here today? All right. <laughs> God wants your fuse to get longer. Long suffering. Long suffering. Uh, not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. I remember our first few years of marriage, Sharon and I kept score. Any scorekeepers in the room? Anyone keeping score? Come on, after, after several, after a few decades, you're so tired, you just forget about scores. Especially if we have four kids, so that, that just knocked us out of the scorekeeping business. But those first few years, oh man, we had a little black book. Get tallies, get tallies. But love doesn't do that. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. This is the message that that church in Corinth needed to hear. They were doing all kinds of other things, and they were counting for not nothing at all because they weren't getting love right. And then Paul says these words, I love these words, love never fails. Here's my translation of that. Every time you're loving, you're winning. Even if the world doesn't applaud it, even if the world doesn't measure it as successful, Every time you're loving, you're winning. And every time I'm not loving, I'm losing in life. Every time I'm not loving, I'm losing in life. But if you will love, you will win every single time. Do you believe that today? Every single time. No matter how you're raised, no matter what your loved ones just said to you, Every time you respond in a loving way, you win. Your reputation gets stronger. Your character gets stronger. Your witness gets stronger. 
Every time you love, you win in the kingdom of God, in God's world. Third section here is love is mature. Mature people are loving people. Uh, immature people don't love. That's what Paul says here. Love is mature. Here, here are the words Paul spoke. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. So he's, he wants us to have some perspective here about what really matters, what really counts, what's going to last, what is a good investment of your life. Where are the best investments in your life as far as how you live, how you spend your life, what will have the greatest returns? Come on, ROI. Anybody? How much, how, I feel like a good return on your investment. I do. I mean, I've had some really bad returns. Anybody besides me? <laughs> but I love when we get a good return. The best return on your life you will ever get is from loving people. Ever. You will never get a greater return. Loving. The love of God. And, and, and so he says, uh, but where there are prophecies, they will stop. They will cease. Where there are tongues or languages, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. So Paul's saying even that which we do as far as any kind of spiritual gift is still done at a 10% level out of 100, so to speak. Uh, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Uh, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man or a woman, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Love is mature. The mature person, the mature Christian Loves. Just because you're older in the kingdom of God doesn't mean you're an elder. I'm going to say it one more time. I've always liked that one. Just because you're older in the kingdom of God doesn't mean you're an elder in the kingdom of God. Uh, elders are those who are mature in Christ and who love God and love others. Verse 12, he says, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, and, and I, I, I envision the, the, the mirrors down by the beach, those bathrooms, you know, on the wharf, whatever. And I don't know how they are now, but they used to be like, they couldn't, you could, I don't know why they were in there, honestly. You can't even see your, no, you can't see a reflection. Barely. Barely see a reflection. Uh, but that's kind of how it is right now. How we see God, how we see the kingdom is, is dim right now. Uh, for now we see only a reflection as in the mirror. But we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. A lot of uh, Bible teachers believe this is when, when Christ comes back and we see him for who he is, and we become who we are ultimately meant to be. Then I shall know fully who Christ is. Then I shall know fully who God is, even as I am fully known. God fully knows you. He fully knows me. He knows our journey. He knows where we're at in life today. Finally, number four, um, lead with love. Now, it's so important that we balance truth and love in our lives. Right? Truth's critical, and love is critical. We're supposed to speak the truth. Someone finish it for me. In love, right? 
Now, some of you in the room, you like truth. Come on. And you have what I call a truth machine gun. Come on, somebody. And you want to mow everybody down with truth. But you do it in a really unloving way. Come on, be honest, man. I've, I've done it. I've done it. I've been there. And some of you, you're, you're so loving. You're like on the amazing loving scale. But you're just terrified until someone the truth. We need both. Would you agree to that? We commit to that. We need both. We got to have both. Love and truth, both. But we got to lead with love. I tell people all the time, when, when in doubt, lead with love, backfill with truth. <laughs> you get a lot further if you lead with love and then backfill with truth. You got to do both, though. Here's what Paul says, verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is what? Love. We'll talk about faith next week. And then hope. And then love one more time uh, for this month. But now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Think you know what's amazing about the statement? The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Think about that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yet love is greater. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Hope. Without hope, we wouldn't get up in the morning. <laughs> hope is so critical to motivate us, to drive us, to keep us going. Yet love is greater. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I'm going to read one verse out of Matthew 22. I'm sorry, one section of Scripture. Okay, now Russ, Russ, I love you. Everyone say hi to Russ. I love Russ, man. But we are, we are going to order that little headset thing as soon as possible. So my hands are free. Hands are free. That, that was a feat just opening the Bible just now. All right. Enough of my first world problems here. Uh, Matthew 22, verse 34 through 40. Uh, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. Yeah, it's just, man. If you have any comedy in you at all, that's a funny verse right there. They just saw that Jesus smacked down the Sadducees and they thought, we can take them. No, you can't. The Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, like any Jew would have. By the way, Jesus was a Jew. You guys know that, right? His Bible was what we call the Old Testament. It matters. Not one jot or tittle will be gone. So Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And by the way, the word all in the Greek means good job. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. What that like it actually means in the language is hitched to it. Inseparable from it. Linked together. Equal to it. 
that make sense? This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So you, you can, if you need something to measure by, your, measure your love for God. If you want something to measure your love for God by, here it is. How are you doing loving your neighbor? How am I doing loving my neighbor? And I'm not just talking about the, the city you're in, <laughs> the fence you're next to, though that matters. What's the, what's the joke in California? High fences make good neighbors? Is that? Hopefully we can dismantle that for a while here at CLC. <laughs> But loving your loving those in need, right? Being willing to help those in need. Those two are linked together. But you can literally know how you're doing with God by how you're doing with your neighbor. To the degree that you're loving God, I mean, I'm sorry, to the degree that you're loving your neighbor, that is the exact degree to which you're loving God. Does that make sense? Equal. Equal, equal, equal. I heard someone say once, man, this, this whole loving God thing would be a lot easier if it wasn't for people. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. And I'll be the first one to say out loud, publicly, online, <laughs> people are hard to love. People are hard to love. But with God's help, all things are possible. Do you believe that? With God's help, all things are possible. So if, if you want to look at um, where I, I, what I believe God's put in my heart, and hopefully every church leader's heart, is that the most critical thing we're going to do at Christian Life Center is to get love right. We're going to get love right. If we do that, we win. If we do that, we win. If we do that, we win. If we don't do that, no matter what else we do, we lose. That makes sense. Anybody want to win besides me? Come on, is there one competitive person in this room besides me? <laughs> Amen. I know Brian, you're gonna be competitive coaching your uh, your boys team. Is that what it is? Five year olds? Six? Man, I hope you guys crush it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Get it. So let me close. I'm gonna close uh, with uh, Wendy coming up here. Uh, we have a song to end this. Let me just close with some thoughts here. Uh, one is we need, we need a few things here at Christian Life Center. We need a few things here. Uh, but the one thing that's on my heart right now is uh, incoming, my first week. If I could have a fair assessment. We, 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 we need somebody or someone's who can lead youth ministry at Christian Life Center. Anybody agree with that besides me? That's my heart right now. I really believe um, God wants us to pray. He'll bring somebody on the team who have a heart, either from within or from without the church, either one with our body or another Christ follower outside. But to, um, to be here to plant the flag at Christian Life Center for youth ministry, uh, middle school, high school students. 
And uh, so I want to have a word of prayer for that, for Wendy Sings. And uh, I was just going to ask, Tom Baltz, come on up here, man. I, I know you well enough. Oh, wait, Baltz. Baltz, come on up, Baltz. Baltz. So, and uh, let's just pray for that, man. Let's pray together that God will do something at Christian Life Center as far as youth ministry, which is uh, dear to my heart, dear to your heart. You're not commissioning. No, 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 no. Does, you thought I was setting you up? No. I mean, if the Holy Spirit's moving, who am I to get in the way? But not at all. Not at all. Not, not at all. <laughs> Brother, when I was a youth pastor, I'd give up on those. So, uh, But let's just, let's just stand and let's pray and trust God for that. And then uh, Wendy will sing for us and then I'll dismiss us. So let's pray. Father. Teach us to love right. That way we win. And we want to win loving you. And Lord, I just thank you for Pastor Chris Chavez and uh, the message that he shared this morning. I want to lift up Santa Cruz High right behind us. Mission Middle School across the street. Our middle school and high schoolers in the county who are growing up in a very troubled, uncertain times. I just pray that you would bring someone to this fellowship inside already or from the outside to help us, as Pastor shared, to plant a flag here at CLC as we make a commitment to reaching out and ministering to the youth in this community. We believe this. We believe that none of this is a surprise to you. And Lord, just we just pray for um, your anointing and Chris's ministry here at Christian Life Center. And that, again, you help us to love rightly. And in your name, amen. Let's, uh, let's sing as we go out here. Okay.